Uh, well, I'm going to be repeating a, a, a talk I gave her last year sometime um, called, our, I was asked to, to go into um, Edgy City, talk to the Christian Fellowship there, um, and talk about our calling. So uh, we're going to look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles in front of you or you've got a digital device with a Bible, we have the ESV version. Um, and we're looking at 1, uh, 1 Samuel chapter, uh, chapter 3, uh, starting from verse 8. If you got to that place... Uh, Look up and give me a big smile so that I know you're there. Thank you. Good. So, reading from verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down his, in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as, in, uh, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which... The two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever. For the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God. And he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel laid until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it uh, that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you. And more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall, uh, fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of, of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Well, with a name like Samuel and growing up in a Christian family, there's no pressure. <laughs> knowing that I've been named after this Samuel, this uh, topic of being called is very, very relevant to me. And... When you see people who have obviously got a calling, a purpose in life, it's daunting, it's scary, but 
it makes us sometimes a little bit envious, doesn't it? They have a singular purpose in life. And sometimes we drift through life and we're not sure of what's going on. And very much, you know, when I look at those students who seem to just be drifting through life and seem to be just going from one place to the other and uh, getting punished for not doing some homework and then just, just doing what's required of them but not really having a clue, well, that was me at school. And I saw, even though I get a bit angry with them, I, I do have a little bit of pity that these boys especially just seem not to have a clue as to what's going on. And even when I was at university studying, I didn't really know what I was going into. And God called me to teaching. So, the fact of the matter is, like me, you may not know what the purpose God has for you throughout your teenage life or even by the time you finish your degree or even your first job. So the question is, how do we know what our purpose is in life? How do we know what our calling is? So I wonder whether you know the parable of the talents. If you don't, look it up in your own time. It's, it's in Matthew 25, 14 to, uh, to 40. Jesus talks about a master with three servants. To these three servants, he gives five, two, and one talent. In those days, that was money, but by a little twist of translation, it's been kept as the word talents, which obviously means the skills we have. Isn't it interesting how Jesus and God keeps those things the same, and he presents us those things to us. What are your talents? These are your talents. When he returns, the ones who have five and two talents have used them to make more money, and they present this money back to the master, and the master rewards them. The one who has one talent has just buried it. The master calls out, uh, calls out this last one, calling him wicked and lazy. Now, you probably thought your teachers were being nice when they said that everyone is good at something. You might realize that you were good at something, but you might think, hmm, maybe not him or her. But it's true. And I do say that sincerely. Some of my students really surprise me. Or by this time, not so surprising that they come out with these amazing talents. I've seen students who are the most disorganized and the, the worst academics suddenly come through and show amazing leadership skills. And I'm thinking of a couple of in specific, uh, specifically. I don't know whether Karina and Nicole are probably thinking of the same students. Uh, when they hit the sick form, all of a sudden, their shirts start to get tucked in. They start to be wearing a tie and they, their whole body posture changes and all of a sudden they take on these leadership roles. I can think of half a dozen immediately when I say that. And previously their teachers may have called them useless or dismissed them. Everybody has a talent. If you are good at anything, 
if you are paid to work, if you do voluntary service, or even if you are just a good friend, you have a talent, a God-given talent to do God's work. And that's it, isn't it? Those talents, you have to think, why have I been given them? How can I serve God for them? Because God has saved us, and God has given us a purpose. And believe it or not, your interests are your talents too. Some people don't believe me when I say hard work can get you to be good at maths. People think, oh, you just have to, you're either good at maths or not good at maths. But I've seen students who've worked, you've just shown that they have been interested in maths. And because they've been interested in maths, they've continued to do puzzles and problems in their free time. And they've ranked up among the best of my mathematicians. Some who've started as just uh, fairly average in their year have gone on to Cambridge and Oxford, maybe not for maths, but for the sciences because they have shown a passion in maths and they've been interested and they've practiced and they've done lots of things and that's going to be uh, uh, that may not be true for you you may not find an interest in maths but whatever your interest is practice it play with it continue to develop it and think about how you can use it to serve god God calls us to witness to the lost and serve the church. And you think to yourself, how can I use my talents to serve God? Serve the church. If you love golf, I'm sorry, I'm just someone who's never picked up golf. I know that a lot of my colleagues do. God needs people to reach out to golfers. Isn't it a great time that you're walking around the golf course and you can chat to people? I hear that you can uh, make a good career out of League of Legends and Dota. If you don't know what those are, don't worry about it. They are computer games, and actually the eSports is becoming bigger than normal sports in terms of TV coverage, coverage and sponsorship deals. God does call us to be wise as serpents, and if your parents, your Chinese parents especially, hate the idea of you not becoming a doctor or lawyer or you know, uh, that kind of thing, then you have to be wise. But God does need people to reach out to those communities as well. I think that the computer gaming community can be a particularly godless one. But God needs Christians to be there to reaching out. If you can get into good conversations with these people, or maybe uh, start up a Christian community somewhere online, then that you know, that is perhaps God's calling for you. When I first arrived in Malaysia, I didn't know anyone. It was very strange. God called me out to Malaysia. and uh, All my advice normally to someone is, know who your head of department is and know that he supports you. And know that the school is a good school to work in. And that's my advice to any young teachers. But somehow I ignored that advice because God called me to Malaysia. And I didn't know anyone, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm really not good at talking to people, and I'm not good at going out and, and making new friends, and I'm still not good at that. Yeah, so forgive me if I, I'm not very good at talking to you afterwards. Um, I, I seem to somehow 
And this may really sound very sad to you. Um, I seem to somehow have built up a presence on the website. I don't know whether you know the website, the answering uh, kind of the question and answer website, Quora. Q-U-O-R-A. It's, uh, it's like Yahoo Answers. There's a couple of different answers, but it's solely for, so it's solely for answering uh, questions or asking questions. And somehow, because I had a lot of free time in my first year, I would go home and I go. I found this website, and then a lot of there's a lot of Christians, young Christians, who were asking questions that the Bible had very clear answers to. And so I would sit down and I would answer those questions, or people asking about Christianity. And there were a lot of strange answers that they got, or crazy answers, or atheists who were just trying to be difficult and, and angry people. People asking about relationship advice, people asking about school advice. Things that I felt that I did have something to say. And somehow I built up a following and a presence. I don't have as much, you know, I hardly have any time to answer now. Uh, but people are following me because they liked my answers, especially about Christianity. And so out in somewhere where I knew nobody, I found online somewhere to be meeting strangers and evangelizing and encouraging Christians. And so you might not be good at talking to strangers. You might not be good at kind of being sociable. Or you might be. Please use those gifts. One day I'm sure that God will tell me, show me why I have such a, a talent for falling asleep. Especially in lectures and, uh, and church. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't fallen asleep, well, almost. Um, and staff meetings. Um, I, I once got told off for seeming I wasn't quite falling asleep during jury service. Um, the, the judge actually kind of asked me to go out and made a comment so I don't know God God is going to show me where that talent comes in one day I'm hoping pray about it we know that God we have a God who answers prayer so if it isn't clear where God is calling you to serve then remain prayerful remain humble and God will show you clearly uh, where he wants you. Don't get angry when God shuts a door. You think that you've got this service that you are perfectly prepared for. And you want this service, but God shuts that door. Don't get angry with that. God will use that, and he wants what's best for you. Trust him, and he will bless you greatly. Like any father, he wants you to have pure joy, to use your best talent in the way that he has laid out for you. When I was a teenager, I used to lead the singing in church. I like to say that I have a loud voice and I usually hit the right notes. I don't have any musical talent, but I could hit the right notes. And, and the good thing is that because I knew kind of what a congregation would want I think or you know uh, then I had an idea of reining in the musicians when they were getting a little bit too musical when they were doing all the, the trills and, and the kind of 
you know, really, when it became really fancy and they would love to go off on kind of like their you know, fancy stuff, because I just, it wasn't musical at all, I would say, guys, we've got to kind of make sure that the congregation are involved in this. You know, and you, you have to make sure it's very clear when people are coming in to sing. The guys here do a wonderful job, by the way. It's, it's, it's really good. <laughs> um, and I thought that that was something that I was going to take on. And, 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 but somehow God shut those doors to me. And I, I was wondering why. Why, God, have you put, given me practice in this service? You've given me talents in this service. And yet you're shutting doors to me on this? You're saying, no, this is not where I want you to serve. It was only later, years later, that I realized that the same skills were the skills I would use in teaching. Romans uh, verse, sorry, chapter 12. So if you want to turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 13. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. In what, uh, the one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, that means uh, praises and building up, in his exhortation. The one who contributes in, his gener in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. He's not saying that you only have one of those. You can have many of those. <coughs> Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly infection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful, lazy, in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. I'm also going to read from Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. And I've talked about this before. You can turn to it or not as you wish. Bond servants, that is another word in most other translations, that's slaves. Slaves obey everything uh, those who are your earthly masters, in, in, sorry, obey in everything those who, who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing from the Lord you will receive the, hin the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. I have spoken about this passage before. Um, you see, there are some days where you will feel as slaves. I'm sure in your workplace, or maybe kind of slaves to, your, to money or your families. I have no doubt that there are some people who are feeling like that now. Uh, in every work, there are hard moments. And you need to remember at those times who you're working for, what this passage says. Because as Christians, we are not working for ourselves. We are not working for our parents, not even tiger mums. 
We're not working for our family. We shouldn't be working for our family or our children, even those, even though those are noble reasons. Not for money, not for comfort, not security, but for God. And he will reward us for that. If nothing else, it gives us purpose and it points our eyes towards God and towards that final day when we will be accepted into heaven and we will be given perfect peace. And we will have perfect joy in his presence. If nothing else, we have that. In my life, God has given me so much. Friends, family, this church family. Purpose and fulfillment. And on top of that, he's given me comfort and security and money as well. I don't discount those blessings. God doesn't promise us those things. Finally, I'm going to give you the verse that uh, I try and live my life by. Um, Proverbs 3, 6-7, it's one of my memory verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. In my memory verse, it's in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. In my last school, I stayed for 10 years despite persecution and no trust from the senior management um, because no one else was running the Christian work in school. And when finally there was someone who I could trust, came to the school and worked alongside me for a couple of years, and it was appropriate for me to step aside because he was doing a far better job than I was and he had the trust of senior management far more than I had. Um, I started applying for jobs and doors were shutting everywhere and I wasn't looking for a place abroad at all. I was only looking for schools in Britain. And uh, two job adverts came up uh, in the private school section. So there's a, there were, in the newspapers there's a state school section, private school section and overseas job appointments and I know God has in the past called me to work in private schools. I know that sounds a bit strange go and work in a well-paid job and with nice kids, but I know that God has, has called me in the past yeah, and made it very clear that he wants me in private school. So I was looking only in private schools. Two jobs came up, which, and, and I was very clear, I, I, I didn't want to go anywhere that wasn't English speaking primarily because um, I'm not good at other languages. I, my, I mean, un petit peu français, ambition, you know, tiny little, you know, I can't understand really, but it's, you know, I, I'm very, very bad at languages. And so it had to be somewhere English speaking. And so, as I said, two jobs came up, Salter's Grammar School in Bermuda. And God didn't want me to go there. <laughs> More's a pity. I put it, I sent off, I sent off my application. I tried to make it as best I could, you know. Bermuda, that would have been lovely, wouldn't it? You know. So, but as with these school things, they just come back and they don't, they don't answer. That's, I think that's really rude, but you know, they don't answer. And Marlborough College, Malaysia, and I got an instant answer. I got rung up straight away and I had two really good interviews. And as I've learned over the years, 
When God wants you to go somewhere, he makes it quick and easy. It was so quick and easy for me. No, not always. But for me, it's been very quick and easy and obvious. And I talked to the deputy head and he said, and he said yes, there are churches uh, around, uh, you know, kind of around the school. Many churches in, in Johor, kind of, you're allowed to uh, worship freely if you're, not, if you're not Malay. And yes, we have a chapel in school. No one's running any Christian work at the moment. So it was very, very obvious that God was calling me there. And I rang up my, my friend who's in Sarawak, and she said, yes, everywhere, you know, uh, they, everywhere they speak English, um, but you should learn Bahasa. Uh, which, uh, I'm really sorry, I'm not, not very good at that. Um, and she said, yes, you can get any type of food. Um, and, you know, I, I had a, a bit of a, a kind of like a dream the, the night before I accepted it, which was that I had cockroaches in my bed and spiders in the, the shower and, and a tiger out in the, just out in the street outside my flat. So that was, that was strange, but I, I ignored that and I, you know, I accepted and I haven't seen a tiger yet. <laughs> the others I have, but... And I can tell you many stories. I had the same with both of the... So I've, I've been to a number of different schools, but I've spent a long time in three schools. My current school is now five years. My last school, ten years. I can tell you amazing stories of how... Uh, and, and I went back to my old school so um, for three years. And I can tell you amazing stories about how I, I was called to both of those other schools. And God has confirmed them. And so this verse is so clear to me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In your all ways acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. It's a great opportunity when my colleagues <coughs> ask me, why, why did I come to Malaysia? Well, I say, yeah, short answer is God called me here. Um, and I can talk to my, my head of department is like, what, is, what, what, what are your ambitions? Well, until God calls me otherwise, I'm here. And God is using me here. And we know that others have been called away from Malaysia. And we, we do miss them, but uh, we know that God has a plan and we have to trust God in this thing. I'm almost finished. I'm going to leave you with a few things. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 left the apostles and handed down to us. It's a call to make disciples of all nations. That's not all people. That's not all kind of uh, cultures. That's not all nations as we know the word nations. That's all people groups. So as I said, if you are a great computer gamer, go out and meet, meet those, those, that people group. Or you're a golfer, go and meet those. Make disciples of all nations. Whilst we're not, called to, we're not all called to be an evangelist, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5 says that we should do the work of an evangelist. Where we can. Let me encourage you, if you are petrified of speaking out about your faith and and I often am still I often am 
pray about it. Read your Bible. Make your life more centred around God. The more you do that, the more it will actually come naturally. My old flatmate used to say, when, when he went to work on Mondays, when he was asked about what he did on the weekend, he didn't start with Friday night or Saturday morning. He started with church. These things will flow naturally the more you centre your life on God, talking about God. The more you find joy and peace and love in God, the more you celebrate your church family, the more you spend time with church family, the more you love your church family, your Christian brothers and sisters. This will flow naturally out of you. Almost every career, in fact, I would say every career, needs good Christian witnesses. Not all of us are called to the higher service of Christian ministry, but have no doubt that whatever your job you are called to, God will also be calling you to be a witness for him there. People have asked me to go into Christian ministry before and asked me whether that would be something I would be interested in. So far, I know God has called me to teaching and shut the doors to Christian ministry. I don't know where he's going to take me in future. Um, So be aware, prayerful, humble, asking God to show you clearly what your purpose in life is. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who takes interests in our life. God, you are are a God who loves us. You are a God who sent your son to die for us, but not just to save us and leave us alone to get on with life, but to continue to take an interest in us, to use us as part part of your plan. We pray, send us, Lord. Send us to our workplaces. Send us to our friends, our family, those people who we come across, strangers in the street or on the internet. Lord, give us the words. Give us the bravery. Give us the strength. Help us to come to church to encourage one another, to serve one another, to love one another. Lord, we pray that you can bond us together as a family. Lord, we continue to pray for Craig and Angie and the family that they are continue to be blessed by you. Give them peace. Lord, we pray that you, if it is your will, bring them back to us. And we pray for Eric and Michelle and Kinza as they prepare to come. Lord, we pray that you are preparing them. And for everyone else who is coming, we pray for a great influx. If it is your will, a great influx in September, that we are bursting with the bounds of this church, that you can increase this family, not just in numbers, but in love. In Jesus' name, amen.